All right. You are tuned in to the very first episode. We live? The... Yeah, we're live. Can you hear me? You interrupted me. Well, I couldn't hear you. Can you hear me now? Are we live? Yes, we're, we're live. Yes, we're live, right. Robert. Okay. Classic Robert. Let's go. All right. This is the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Um, you might know Robert and myself from the Diamond Hogs podcast. And we have expanded to football, the Gridiron Hogs podcast. It only makes sense to keep the Hogs uh, as part of what we're doing. We also have the Recruiting Hogs podcast, which is myself and Alex Trader. You can find all of this over at hogbeat.com, where I have taken over as managing editor. Um, so go to hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G beat, B-E-A-T.com. Subscribe to all of the awesome information that we give out. And so uh, if you can't tell, this is definitely going to be a, a podcast about Razorback football. Um, that seems pretty self-explanatory. And Robert and myself and Alex will be on this podcast as well, Alex Trader. Uh, we're going to be telling you what we're seeing at, at practice. We're going to be telling you our takeaways. You know, we'll, we'll keep it going throughout football season. We'll do recaps of games. We'll do all kinds of stuff. We're also going to have, you know, post-game shows where – we let fans interact. We got to figure that stuff out, but we're gonna we're gonna have that. That's something that we always wanted with the Diamond Hawks podcast, Robert. We wanted a call in line, so we won't have exactly a call in line, but we're gonna figure something out for subscribers at Hogbeat.com. So if you're not already subscribed, go do so so you can get in on that during football season. Robert, you're a baseball guy. Does this feel weird doing a football podcast? Um, a little bit, but at the same time, you know, tis the season. So I, I'm, I'm in, let's, let's, let's talk some football. Okay. So we are through six days of Razorback fall camp. Uh, first day of pads was yesterday. That was Thursday. Today is Friday. And, uh, you know, there's, there hasn't been a whole lot that the media could see because we only get to see about 20 to 25 minutes of each practice. Um, you know, sometimes less than that. Robert, you missed out. Robert wasn't at practice for full pads, and uh, we got to see the most of anything yesterday. So we even got to see a little bit of fastball. I, I wrote up a little short depth chart from what we saw from that. For those who don't know, fastball is, you know, it's the drills where they're running, you know, full squads, one-on-ones, two-on-twos, three-on-threes. And uh, we got to see kind of a little bit of a depth chart. There were some guys like a big, a big takeaway was Dwight McLaughlin was not on any of them, and he's probably going to end up being the first-team corner. So, you know, people were like, well, why is McLaughlin not on any team? That's a red flag. No, it's not. He was out there running one-on-ones. He was practicing. He's not in a green jersey. He just wasn't in fastball, as far as I could see. And I could have missed him. I wanted to ask Sam Pittman about it, but I didn't want to say, hey, why wasn't McLaughlin in fastball? And he was like, well, he was out there, and then I look like an idiot. So... Uh, that that is what we would call a Robert Stewart question. <laughs> we we reserve those for David Horn exclusively. Yeah. Um, wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't Traylon Burks one of those guys who who was not in these fastball drills last year? I don't know because in this this is true. No, so they did fastball when I was there last year, but I no he was out there when I watched him. He was. I know he was out there. He was out there in some of them. They, I mean, they might have limited him. That would be a question for somebody who went to more practices last year. I only went to like one or two a week last year. And I wasn't okay. kind of like yourself this year. 
I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to detail because I was just trying to get film. So now the way we have it is hogbeat.com. We send two people, you know, I am trying to get takeaways and see, you know, what is happening, who's not here, you know, big takeaways. And then we have someone else filming because I can't film and get takeaways. So that's why I'm saying last year I didn't have that. But yeah, you missed fastball yesterday. Oh, well, I missed several minutes of the practice before because they decided to let everyone in 20 minutes early, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing we are going on. But, okay, Robert, let's talk about takeaways from these first six days of fall camp. Sam Pittman, we had him uh, Thursday. He, he kind of gave some of his takeaways, some things that he's seeing, some things that he likes, some things he doesn't like. And uh, we're going to talk about that. I, I want to talk about – the, the depth chart that I got yesterday. Um, and this is based off of who was running in fastball. Um, it's your usual suspects first team. So KJ Jefferson at quarterback, Rocket Sanders at running back, Jaden Hazelwood, Keytron Jackson, and Warren Thompson are your first team wide receivers right now. I would throw Matt Landers in with that group. I feel like he would probably work in with the first team guys too. And then Trey Knox is your first team tight end. Uh, the big question that people want to know is who's the left tackle? Luke Jones is that guy right now. And then the the rest of the offensive line are the returners, the four returners from last year. That's Brady Latham at left guard, Ricky Stromberg at center, Bo Limmer at right guard, and Dalton Wagner at right tackle. A lot of people were worried about Wagner's health, but he said yesterday that he feels great. His back is not bothering him, so that's a great sign because uh, Sam Pittman, before fall camp, had talked about, you know, Wagner. We don't know if he's going to be able to be like an every down type guy and talked about maybe they're going to mix in Tykees Crawford there at right tackle. And so that's something that is a good sign coming from the man himself, Dalton Wagner, that he's feeling healthy. So uh, first team offense, Robert, I think that's what we were expecting, right? I mean, Keetron Jackson's there at wide receiver. I thought we would see Matt Landers at wide receiver. And this this is all based off of fastball. Like this is not – a definite first-team depth chart. But uh, we do know that Warren Thompson is better. Sam Pittman said that he's as good as he's been since he's been in Arkansas. So I think that's that's a good sign. Yeah, it is. And and I want to go back to Matt Landers for a second because I feel like we've heard his name a lot in these press conferences over the last week, um, be it Sam Pittman, be it uh, receivers coach Kenny Guyton, um, cornerbacks coach Dominique Bowman. Like, they've all – and, and all the players that we've heard from, too. We've, we've all heard about how fast Matt Landers is. And I remember walking out of practice one day, seeing him make a really, really nice leaping grab at the back of the end zone. Uh, it, it feels like this guy uh, has has a role on this team. And, you know, maybe he's not out there first team uh, taking fastball drills, but I, I could see this guy having, having a season for sure. Um, and then – while we're, while we're talking about receivers, uh, this this is something I want I want to bring up because you you follow preseason um, you know football coverage or you have followed preseason football coverage a lot more than I have in the past. Um, when I hear praise for for freshmen, and I'm thinking about three guys in particular: the receivers, Isaiah Satania, uh, Sam Mbake, and Quincy McAdoo. When you when you hear that kind of praise, what does that tell you about like what what they could do this year? Because it seems like Satania in particular, like they're, they're all being praised as like cerebral football players and capable, physically capable football players. But 
realistically as freshmen behind, you know, Thompson and Keetron Jackson and Matt Landers, how, how much might they see the field? You know, that's a good question, Robert. And I look at it, just look back to last year, like as soon as soon as last year, um, we heard a lot about Keetron Jackson and Bryce Stevens as two guys who are at times last year, we heard that they were going to take the next step. They were going to get more targets, stuff like that. And it didn't really happen. Um, and especially with the, the way that Arkansas runs this offense, I think it's going to be hard for any of these three freshman wide receivers to have, you know, a quote unquote big season, you know, they'll, they'll get targets. They'll see the field. Um, you know, I don't know how much, but Arkansas is a run first team and that's what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball. Uh, they, and, and then you look at the rest of the wide receivers. I mean, they moved Malik Hornsby to wide receiver because they felt like that was a position that they needed help in. And now they feel so good about wide receiver that Sam Pittman said, you know, we don't know how much he's going to work over there anymore because of how confident that they do feel about who's at wide receiver now. Jaden Hazelwood, uh, Matt Landers, Warren Thompson, Keyshawn Jackson, all those guys who are veteran guys, they're looking good. And so it's like how much, how much playtime can these freshmen actually get that's to be determined. And I, I, you know, you always hear about guys in fall camp who are doing really well, who end up not playing during the season. I think that these three wide receivers, as far as their freshman season goes, it's uh, I don't know how much they'll play. I mean, we're through six days of fall camp, so there's more to be seen. But I think what we're, what we're hearing is that they're very smart. They're picking up the plays. They're really paying attention they're doing a really good job in practice and doing what they're supposed to. And that at least tells you that at least maybe on down the line, they can end up being, you know, very good production guys at wide receiver for Arkansas. I got you. So um, moving on to defense. So it, you look at the defense, Isaiah Nichols, they were running a three-man front for first team. Isaiah Nichols, Eric Gregory, and Zach Williams is the ends. Linebacker, bumper pull, Drew Sanders, no surprise there. They were running two nickels, Jaden Johnson, Miles Slusher, and then Hudson Clark, Malik Chavis at corner. Like I said earlier, Dwight McLaughlin is probably going to be one of those starting corners. And then two safeties, Jalen Catalan and Simeon Blair. So really not a whole lot of surprises there uh, other than the fact that McLaughlin wasn't out there, but uh, Latavius Brini is a guy that I think could work in the first team. Of course, the D line, you know, if they're not running a three man front, you're throwing another guy in there. Uh, Jashad Stewart could be that guy. We heard a lot of good things about Jashad Stewart yesterday. Um, and so I, I look at the first team defense, I like it. I don't know how much I like the three man front because I feel like they ran it a lot last year because they didn't have depth. You know, they run that three, two, six defense. How much are they going to run a four-man front this year? I think I was watching – so I was watching back through games from last year. And I think back to the Alabama game and the Ole Miss game specifically. And Arkansas had no pass rush in either of those games. I mean, Matt Corral and Bryce Young were just sitting back and just had all the time in the world. So that was a thing that Sam Pittman has talked about going into this season was – we need a pass rush. We need guys who are going to get to the quarterback. They went out and got Jordan Dominic. They went out and got Landon Jackson from LSU. 
They they retained some guys in Isaiah Nichols, Eric Gregory, Jashad Stewart, Zach Williams. These are guys who have been here for a long time, but none of them I feel like have really reached their potential, especially Isaiah Nichols. Eric Gregory is another guy. Like, when are those guys going to come along? And, you know, how much pass rush is Arkansas going to get? That's a huge thing, Robert. Right. And I remember I, I wrote a story about this the, during his his uh, media days press conference in Atlanta. He, he was talking about he loves the depth uh, as far as numbers go at, at defensive line. Um, uh, another guy that, that I don't think you mentioned is Torian Carter. He's not healthy right now, but, I mean, he, he's another one who could factor in uh, if, if he gets healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they have the numbers. It's it's probably just going to be a matter of experience, experimentation and figuring out, you know, who who can we trust, who has taken that next step, like you mentioned. Yeah, and Torian Carter, he's one of those guys where we've been told that, you know, they don't really know how long it's going to be. And we don't – we sure as heck don't know how long it's going to be with him. But he's a guy that needs to be out there. He, was, he looked really good in spring ball and – you want to have that depth. I mean, Sam Pittman, the one thing I, in his, like, takeaways from the first six days where he really just didn't feel good about it was the depth of the D-line that he talked about at media days because they don't have Carter. Marcus Miller had a knee scope. He's out of fall camp right now. Excuse me. Oh, goodness. Cam Ball, he has – and I, I'm not 100% positive. We think he has a concussion based off of what Sam Pittman said. Sam Pittman – you know, kind of nodded to the fact that Campbell has a concussion. And so he's out for a little bit. He's a guy that they're expecting to take that next step as well. So the D-line, they brought in guys. They have depth, but it's like kind of like last year, you had these guys on the roster, but you had the first three guys who in, – in Trey Williams and Markel Utsi and John Ridgeway who transferred in, and they were your three guys. And after that, it was all a question mark. Is it going to be like that this year? That's the big thing that we're waiting to see. I think it is a good thing that they added Drew Sanders from Alabama. What we're hearing is he's an elite pass rusher. And so if you can have a guy coming off the edge like that, and then not only can he come off the edge, we know that he's an athlete. He can step back into coverage if he needs to. That's something that they really miss too because all love to Grant Morgan. He did not have the speed to be a man coverage linebacker. Maybe Drew Sanders does. Right, and you know, coming from a program like Alabama, I mean, you, you don't get you don't get recruited to play for Nick Saban for nothing. So, um, to to have that kind, of, you know, prospect talent come come to Fayetteville, that's huge. And and like you said, that that dropping back into coverage aspect is going to be huge because that that is something Arkansas has missed at linebacker recently. Yep. So um, other takeaways from fall camp so far, we know we haven't really seen anything from Dominique Johnson at running back. He's still recovering from that injury suffered in the Outback Bowl. So Rocket Sanders is your number one guy, uh, but how much of a number one is he? Like we know that he's really talented, but how many more carries is he going to get compared to the next guy or two being A.J. Green and Rashad DeBinion as of now? Um I, they, they said that he's going to get the majority of the carries if he's fresh, but we know that this Arkansas offense that they have goes with the hot hand. And, you know, you, you would like to think that Rocket Sanders is probably going to be the hot hand more often than not, um, especially when Dominique Johnson is not able to be out there. And what we've heard is Dominique Johnson is not going to be out there for week one 
at the very least. So, um, but it is good. To, it is good to hear, and we heard this from Jimmy Smith that Dominique Johnson, you know, he's out there and he's doing things and he's working with the running backs. He's getting everybody taped up. He's helping in the film room. So it's like they're getting the most out of their guys. Make sure they're there in the morning. Yes. Right. So. And 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 he's he's you know he's in the film room like learning too. Like it's 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 not like he's missing everything. Like he's he's still able to do the 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 mental stuff and and all all he'll have to do I say all he'll have to do easier said than done but uh just put it together on the on the playing field you know um and like you said majority of carries for Rocket Sanders what does that mean does it mean 70% does it mean 30% and the rest are split among Jefferson Green Dubinian maybe even James Joyner like you you really never know with with this Kendall Bryles offense how the how the the carries are going to be split. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, with, with a Kendall Browse offense, at least at Arkansas, um, you know that it's going to be run first. And so, but you can also air it out. And so I think that this year compared to in the past, they have those receivers rather than just one receiver in Traylon Burks. They have multiple guys that can be trustworthy targets. Jaden Hazelwood, Matt Landers, Warren Thompson, Keyshawn Jackson, like all these guys have all taken great strides to becoming receivers that KJ Jefferson trusts. And you know that KJ Jefferson had another year. He, he had another off season, so he's only gotten better too. I'm curious, you know, how, how lenient they're going to be with Jefferson as far as when he does decide to take off and run, is he still going to be putting that shoulder down? Is he still going to be, you know, craving the contact? Or are they going to tell him, get down? I don't know. I, I'm sure that they're probably just going to let him do whatever he wants because it works out and he's a tough guy. Well, exactly. I mean, it worked so well last year, right? It, it, it's just – it's always amazing to me. I, I I really don't think I've ever seen the guy slide. It, it, I know he's big. I know he can withstand that kind of contact, but it, it just always makes me so nervous to, to have your – QB1 just go out there and risk it like that. I agree. I agree. Um, let's uh, let I want to make sure to let everybody listening know that you can get in here with questions. If you're watching on the YouTube, shoot us some questions. If you're watching on Twitter, uh, add some questions as well. Any comments, questions are welcome. And uh, that's the point of this live episode of this podcast. I do want to say, we talked about this before we recorded, Robert. Our goal with this podcast, unlike the Diamond Hawks podcast, where we did Friday and uh, Monday episodes, we would like to make this a daily podcast, 15, 20, you know, no more than 30 minutes a day, just off of what we're seeing at fall camp during the season, what we're seeing at practice throughout the week, and then, of course, game days come. Our goal is to do that. That's what we're planning on. So that's what you can expect from us, and you can you can get all of it at hogbeat.com. Go to the Hogbeat YouTube page and uh, subscribe to that. You can find the video content there. we got press conferences, practices, podcasts, live reactions, all that stuff over at Hogbeat on the YouTube, and check out hogbeat.com for our written content, including my practice notebooks, which is premium. But if you subscribe, you get to see it. And for those who are saying, Mason, it's just so expensive – to subscribe for a year and it's it's just I, I can't afford it well let me tell you something i have gotten confirmation from our publisher that we will have a great deal 
come September. I'm talking like more than 50% off, more than 60% off. But I'm not good at math, Robert. I think it's more than 70% off too, right? I don't want to say the number, but it's it's a very good deal. And if you if you just like give us a little patience, you can get that deal come September. Yeah, it's 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 going to be worth your time. We're we're doing some pretty cool stuff over there, be it uh, written stories, be it video content, uh, podcasts like this. Go check us out. Exactly. Okay. So one of the uh, one of the big storylines, probably the biggest storyline throughout spring ball for Arkansas, was Malik Hornsby's move to wide receiver. Now, he didn't move to wide receiver. He's still the backup quarterback, but he took reps at wide receiver. And he's been doing that through fall camp. But I, I kind of alluded this alluded to this earlier. But Malik Hornsby might not be taking as many reps at wide receiver if these wide receivers keep doing so well in practice. So for those of you who got super excited, I mean, like we were, we were seeing stuff of Malik Hornsby being the Bolitnikoff Award winner – like, he's going to be the next great wide receiver at Arkansas. And, you know, he's fast. He's very fast. I don't know how good he can catch the ball. But they've got these guys who are wide receivers. That's what they do. That's what they're hoping to get paid to do. And so, I mean, Malik Hornsby's not even studying with the wide receivers. He's still studying with the quarterbacks. All he does is he goes over there every once in a while and runs some routes from what we're hearing. So, I think it would be beneficial to just keep him at backup quarterback and have your guys at wide receiver do what they do. And then if you, God forbid, have an injury, then you can, you know, keep giving him looks over at wide receiver. What say you, Robert? What say you, Robert? Right. Well, I I don't know if anybody's made this comparison yet, but I the the way that Kendall Bryles runs the Razorback offense, I could see them using Cornsby as a Taysom Hill type player, right? Because if if you want to line him up not in the pocket, like not as a quarterback, you can do that. They love to run trick plays. If you're gonna run trick plays, you might as well having you might as well have another quarterback throwing the ball downfield instead of, you know, Traylon Burks did a, a lot last year. Maybe Warren Thompson did uh, as well. Like if if you're if you're gonna get crazy, be at least a little bit conventional in that like have have a second quarterback to throw the ball. It 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 will result in fewer interceptions. It will result in probably more completions. We've what was the Pittman quote? I don't I know, maybe it was last week. He said uh, that or I don't know if it was Pittman, but somebody said that that Malik Cornsby is night and day a better passer than he was last year. And that's that's a huge step, right? Because it feels like whenever he saw the field, he probably run the ball more times than he threw it. Yeah. If you if you go back and watch that Texas AM game where KJ Jefferson, he was hurt, Malik Hornsby came in, it every time he dropped back to pass, it's like he would he would go through his first progression and then just like turn and run. And it, it worked maybe once or twice. But, like, they knew what he was going to do. They knew that he wanted to run the ball. And so it's like if he can, if he can get, that, get that passing game going, get where he's confident. And I heard, I heard from sources within the team last year 
Um, and these are legit sources. These are not just me saying like, I got sources. I know like a, like a guy who works in the film department. Like th these are guys who are out of practice every day. Um, they told me that Malik Hornsby did not know the offense. Um, he was not confident with it. He, he was not confident in, in the plays that he was running. And I feel like from what we're hearing from coaches and teammates of his, he is now. And that's great for Arkansas because realistically, you probably only got one more year at KJ Jefferson. Malik Hornsby tried to transfer, didn't work. He stayed at Arkansas. He's next in line. And so, I mean, he if he can, you know, sit another year behind KJ Jefferson, figure out the playbook, get it nailed down, next year could be a huge year for him. But like you're saying, like those those double reverse sweeps that Kendall Browse likes to do where it was like an interception 50% of the time, even though you probably had the guy wide open. If you have a guy who is an actual quarterback and also faster than everybody on the field doing that, that's when it's going to work out. Exactly. And, you know, another thing, going back to what you, said, what you just said about, about Jefferson, I don't know, for those of you who may have missed it, Pittman said last week that Jefferson himself was one of the biggest reasons that, that Hornsby came back. So, you know, his short three or four day stint in the transfer portal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they've got that chemistry together clearly. And, um, you know, he some someone asked him about – someone asked Pittman about how well, – maybe it was Pittman, maybe it was Jefferson, I don't remember. But somebody asked about, you know, what, what did Jefferson learn from Felipe Franks and then what has – how has that sort of helped with Malik Hornsby learning from KJ Jefferson? And it sounds like, like they've really got the chemistry down. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's, it only benefits Arkansas in um, the offense as a whole, because you got to think who's running with the second team guys who might have a shot at getting first team reps or, you know, will in game have to get in the game and play Malik Hornsby's their quarterback. So you need a guy who can, you know, do what the first team guy is doing and they're getting towards that. So that's good for the hogs. Um, Robert, before we wrap up here, cause we want to keep these episodes short. We don't want to do like an hour, an hour and a half, like we did during diamond hogs. Before we wrap up here, what are some big takeaways that you've had from fall camp so far? You've been at uh, what, three or four practices, five maybe. And I'm curious what you have seen, you know, big takeaways, maybe a guy who has stood out to you um, through the first week of fall camp? Uh, well, well this, this may be sort of an easy answer, but, um, you know, up close and personal seeing Trey Knox and all the weight that he's added, that's, that's a pretty impressive transformation that he's made. Um, I, I think I remember hearing that he weighed in at 215 this time last year. He, he said, well, when he got asked about it last week, he said he stepped on the scale in the morning and he was 245. So uh, 30 pounds in in 12 months is, is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, like he sort of started transitioning to tight end last year and he didn't really know what he was doing. But, um, you know, out there this year in fall camp, working with the tight ends with Dow Loggins' group, um, he, he – I think he's, I think he's going to be effective. Um, you know, Hudson Henry has not been the player that everybody seemed to think he was going to be, you know, just because he has the last name Henry and hasn't necessarily 
necessarily panned out for him. Um, the other guy, the walk and backs, um, he seems like he, he's impressed. But uh, I, I think the, the starting tight ends job, and, and you mentioned it, he was, he was on the first team during fastball drills. But I, I think the job is, is Trey Knox's lose. Yeah, the so the tight ends yesterday in fastball, and I feel like I need to keep prefacing this that like this is not the depth end all be all depth chart. This isn't even a depth chart. This is just what they had running. Uh, Nathan Bax was with the second team, and then Tyrus Washington was with the third team. So Hudson Henry wasn't even out there. Um, that doesn't mean that he's not the second team tight end. So I, I do not take a whole lot away from that because. I'm, I, and th- the biggest way to say this is that Dwight McLaughlin was not on any of them, and he's probably your first-team corner. That's the biggest way to you know say that don't take a whole lot away from this. But I asked Pittman about this. The, the team will re- – re- No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. The, the, team will, the team will release a depth chart officially the week of the Cincinnati game. So we, we can not worry about what's official until that comes out. I agree. Um, I asked Pittman about this, about Trey Knox and how, how far he's come as a blocker. Because, you know, in this offense, a run-first offense, your tight end is going to have to block a lot. And he said he's come a long way. Let me – I, I want to – because I want to read this. Because um, what I say when I say a long way, that doesn't do it a whole lot of justice. He said blocking success has went way up. Right. Willingness to block has always been there. Um, he's always been a willing guy to block. And then he – he went on to say he's really locked in. He believes it's first team, but he thinks he understands that if he can start on some special teams, he caught a nice pass. Um, he's really improved. He's always wanted a block, and uh, now he can physically do it because he has put on that weight. And so that's a big thing for Trey Knox. We know that he has the talent as far as a pass catcher. We saw it his freshman year when he was the leading wide receiver for the team. And so now, I mean, he could be an elite tight end. I, I think that he could be. Because he has the intangibles that a receiver has, and now he's built like a tight end. It's kind of like, and this is, I mean, I am not saying that he is Kyle Pitts, but he's kind of like what you want. He's kind of like built in the Kyle Pitts prototype of like he's a wide receiver playing tight end. Um, He's not the number four overall pick in the NFL draft yet, but I think that's kind of what they're going for maybe. Yeah, I mean, when when we got to talk to Dow Loggins the other day, he he was talking a lot about Trey Knox's pro prospects. You know, um, like you said earlier, playing special teams is huge for that. Um, and and you know, like one thing we haven't hit on yet is is the mental toughness. Like both both Loggins and um, Hudson Henry were were quick to to you know praise how how mentally strong Knox had been because and, and it goes back to blocking too, right? If you're thinking about it, if you're out wide, you're you're blocking these itty bitty D backs. You're you're tight end now. You got to deal with you know 250, 300 pound defensive linemen, uh, linebackers after that. So that's that's really a huge change to make. And you know if if he puts on a decent performance this year, then he he's he may have an NFL future. I agree. I agree with you, Robert. All right, that's gonna. I think that's a, a good enough for this episode. Like we said earlier, Gridiron Hawks podcast, nail it down. Remember it. You know us from the Diamond Hawks podcast. You listen to the Diamond Hawks podcast. So remember that it is now the Gridiron Hawks podcast. That is our football podcast available on hogbeat.com 
or the Hogbeat Podcast Network. Just type in Hogbeat Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast, and you will find the Gridiron Hogs Podcast, the Recruiting Hogs Podcast, and more. It's also on the Hogbeat YouTube. And so the goal is to make it a daily podcast. We're going to try it. We're going to see how it goes and uh, see how people like it. But we appreciate everybody listening today. We're not going to talk. We're not going to do a podcast this weekend. We're going to take weekends off. Of course, not during game days. It won't be a podcast. It'll be a, a post-game show. And then we'll turn it into a podcast. Um, but this is the Gridiron Hawks podcast. Mason Choate, Robert Stewart. And uh, we'll talk to everybody on Monday.